This is WWE Hall of Famer Tito Santana giving a birthday shout out to probably my biggest fan. Talking about you, Van. This is from Dominic and yours truly, Tito Santana. We are all wishing you a very happy birthday. I understand that you have been watching 80s and 90s wrestling. The best era, my friend, without a doubt. And you are the biggest Strike Force fan on earth. And for that, I thank you. I just wished that we had stayed together a little bit longer before the split, but it is what it is. It was good while it lasted, and I want to wish you a very, very happy birthday. Arriba! Welcome. It is Saturday morning, Superstars. King of the Ring 93. King of the Ring 93. I am Dom. I am Than. We are here enjoying our midlife crisis, but today we are not watching early 90s syndicated professional wrestling. We're trying to watch a pay-per-view. I turned on Peacock and I pressed King of the Ring. Uh-oh. Season one, episode one, uh-huh. and nothing would happen. It just wouldn't start. The goddamn paper just wouldn't start. Did you call somebody, though? You can't talk to him. It's a chat bot now. You're like, hello, I'm trying to watch the pay-per-view. It's like, well, can I help you? Did you, you find like, an AI? Yes. Oh, my God. ChatGPT locked me out of my pay-per-view. God damn it. It's not Sunday night, Dom. Yeah, you can't watch it off the bench. It's not on demand. <laughs> Here's an interesting thing. Okay. There was this internet thing floating around, like how many people are actually alive that were in WrestleMania 6. Are there more is's? So if you go on the Wikipedia, it says yeah. this person is, or are yeah. there more was's <laughs> for King of the Ring 93? What do you uh, think? I'll have you know that was part of my notes. Oh, yeah? Just going through this. Now, are we talking about the King of the Ring tournament proper or the pay-per-view in general the pay-per-view in general not the stuff before because you lose a doink or two going before yeah i was discussing with my colleague today while i was like watching some of this i said except for the luger tatanka match Mm -hmm. there's at least one person dead that's right every match it's crazy yeah (laughs) including a dark match there was a shango hart owen hart Which I didn't even think would happen because Owen went out with that oh, yeah. knee injury, but I guess he's better. That was a, that was a few weeks back. Papa Shango, Owen Hart. Mm-hmm. Shango is, Owen was. Mm-hmm. Bret Hart, Razor. Bret Hart is, is Razor, Razor was. was. So Correct. you're missing one person for every match. Yes. Perfect Hughes, Perfect was, Hughes is. Is. Which I would have thought it would have been the, the other way around. <laughs> I thought that was a was, was. Honestly. Yeah, yeah. Bam Bam was, Duggan Bam was. is. Duggan is. Kind of. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. We don't uh, know how much of him is actually still there. The only is, is, is Lex. And Tatanka. Is, and Tatanka. How Lex made it, no one knows. <laughs> Lex, is, Lex, is, Lex is more of an eh. <laughs> Lex is, oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yoko was. Hogan Yoko. is. Yep. Here's the one that really puts the is's over the top, because mm. every member of the tag team cluster f- Oh, I didn't even think of that one. All the dicks on the dance floor are alive. Too many dicks. Both Steiners. Yeah. All the head shrinkers. Yeah. The guns and Money Inc. are all is's. Oh my God. All eight is's. That's a lot of is's. Sean is, Crush was. 
Crush was. So we're back to our, our trend where one of the guys isn't there. Yeah. And the managers, almost all are still is's except for Mr. Fuji. You had um, yes. Whippleman is, Jimmy yeah. is, Diesel, we're counting him as bodyguard, but manager, yeah. is, Afa is, which Afa I had is. to look up. I didn't That's think Afa. That shocks me. That Actually, didn't me. Afa come in when you uh, did mention that? Yeah. The head of the table thing where Afa yeah, and Sika came out? Yeah, it kind of gave him the gave him the the nod to move move forward on that yeah. one. Yeah. Fuji was. Mm-hmm. And then you have commentators and announcers and you got Terry Taylor is, the Fink was, JR is, Macho was, the Bobby the Brain was, Okerlin was 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 was. So, of all the people in there, there are 22 ises. Wow. Yes. 22 ises and how many wases? How many wases? There's Fuzzy wases? 12 wases. Yeah. yeah. So almost double the is's. We're plus is. Okay. So they're still on the plus side on that one. Yes. Whereas WrestleMania 6 was more of a was situation. I don't remember the stat, but it was ridiculous. It's probably worse now. Yeah. Because people are yeah. looking at that like, I remember that for like 10 years ago. I was like, oh, how yeah. many people aren't around from WrestleMania 6? So here we are at King of the ring vince's voice is all we're going to hear we're hitting this amazingly well this is like Mm -hmm. the 30th anniversary yeah we're right on it right now planets are aligned they are (laughs) hades lord of the dead is in full effect because all the planets are aligned we somehow hit our show Mm -hmm. with the 30th anniversary of king of the ring and we're covering king of the ring it's amazing Absolutely amazing. Obviously not planned. Not planned at all. That didn't plan on happening, and it will never happen again. No, but the podcasts all over the world are, are like hitting this too because it's the 30th anniversary. Yeah. And JR did a 30th anniversary retrospective of this, really bitching about how this was like his second chance at a pay per view, and the last time that they let him do anything, he was like fired after this. Kind of can see why. If there's anything weak in the show, it's the three-man booth. Yeah, I did I did make note of that in a couple of spots, although I did have a note on one of uh, Brett's matches later, which I can kind of bring up now. It, apparently, Brett had a whole thing where he would go to the commentators before and kind of tell them what to look for mm-hmm. that he was going to do in the match to help enhance the commentating on their matches. So when they do Brett's matches, you'll notice the commentating pick up on those a little bit more. But the ones in between are pretty rough well behind the scenes behind the scenes way behind the scenes linda mcnan is now in charge of the company vince is like if i go to jail and they try to get the company i'm going to make sure that i don't really own it quote unquote Mm -hmm. linda's in charge of the company vince out vince is not going to be on tv right now and it's the start of like all the not so juiced up dudes and they make a really big point a little bit later in the show when hogan's out there of how lean he is like there's nothing going on with hulk hogan he's super Mm. super duper lean but this is the the only thing we'll hear about vince is like here in the opening with the with his patronuses fighting his lions He's like, welcome the king of the ring. That's, that's, that's it. Like, yeah, he, he goes, he, he gives us like his very high pitched, growly sound that you expect out of Vince. He did this for years after this too, because I can remember this from when I started watching again. That was the entrance to all of the shows was him hyping it. So it was that high end. I sound silly doing it, but his actually kind of works pretty well. I don't know how he could sustain that because sometimes he'd be going on for you know minutes going through the card and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's got two different voices. He's got the really high voice, and he's yeah. got that crazy voice. Yeah, yeah, it's that voice. He, he actually had, it was kind of like a combination of those two, because I felt he was in the high end, but he had the growl, too. Yeah. Do you think yeah. he's, like, doing vocal exercises before his show? <laughs> he would need to, to sustain that, man. I don't know how he does it. He's drinking that weird tea honey concoction. With a bit of razor blade in there. I don't know if he gets so pretentious. You know, like the vocal majors would have their scarves on all the friggin' time. Mm-hmm. Pretentious assholes. Hey, I got rid of all my scarves. Thank you very much. Okay. Yes, I only have one scarf. He introduces us to the bracket, where I realize if everybody kind of gets through their first match, then they finally fight the guy they're feuding with. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't actually happen. Yeah, it doesn't (laughs) happen at all. Mm -hmm. Because you were hoping to get a little bit of that, but nope. 
Yeah. A lot of it. You're hoping that Brett will hit Luger. Doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. You hope that Tatanka would hit Bam Bam. That never happens. Forget about perfect ever seeing Shawn Michaels. That's never going to happen. So Hughes is just along for the ride. He's just happy to be there. (laughs) Oh, yeah. The bracket, of course, is we have Bret Hart versus Razor Ramon in round one. Yeah. Hughes versus Mr. Perfect. It's the Mr. Mr. match. Yes. Mr. Mr. (laughs) Cue cue the Mr. Mr. That's right. Take these broken wings. For reasons beyond comprehension, we have superstar of yesteryear, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, (laughs) against Bam Bam Bigelow. Bam Bam is the wrestler that has to carry the match. We're we're kind of in trouble. I feel like Hacksaw was carrying the match in that, but he didn't do a very good job of it. So Mm. I I don't know. But when we get Luger and Tatanka for the fourth match in there. Yes. So decent tournament. That's not bad. I'll take it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good bracket. So uh, let's see how it goes, though. Yes. We are in this 6,000-seat auditorium of some kind. Mm-hmm. Now, it's the Nutter Center. Weren't we at the Nutter yes. Center before? Like recently? Yes, I was going to say. Not too long ago. It's the Nutter Center in Dayton, Ohio. We nutted all over the place in this place. Right. I remember the jokes. And I'm like, yeah. Wait a <laughs> were we making jokes because King of the Ring was there? Or were we just at the Nutter Center? Yeah, we're back nutting it. So if everything's taped three weeks in advance and we had two or three different venues before the Nutter Center, Mm -hmm. that means that the superstars in this pay-per-view were at the Nutter Center two to three and a half years ago. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Just aired the episodes. Yes. Now, I want to say we were in in the Nutter Center when we were recording around like Christmas. So it would have been like the beginning of 93. If you've been to the Wildwood show in Wildwood, New Jersey, that's the Nutter Center. It looks exactly the same. It's like one set of bleachers on either side in a bowl. They don't put the Tron out because it's just Mm -hmm. a house show. They just have like a little video Titan Tron, like literally a little video Titan Tron, just like the one today, except it's LED and not a bunch of TVs. This is very much exactly what you'd see if you go to the Wildwood House show. It looks like a a typical older coliseum or forum or whatever they would call these arena type places. Not too terribly big. It's definitely packed though. Yeah. I mean, they had WrestleMania 9 at a pretty small venue, the parking lot, but apparently it was able to fit Mm 15,000. Then they had this at 6. And I'm like, well, is attendance really this bad? What was SummerSlam? And SummerSlam was a sellout in like 25,000 seat auditorium. So maybe they were just hedging their bets. Like, I don't know if this is going to catch on. Let's just put it in a small place just in case. Mm -hmm. And we immediately start out with the weirdest broadcasting team of all time. (laughs) We have pre-Bell's Palsy (laughs) JRR without a hat in a tuxedo. Yes. We have right off of a yacht, Bobby the Brain Heenan. <laughs> yes, Bobby the Brain sporting some kind of like tuxedo-ish type Yeah, job it's, there. it's got some kind of royal crest on a lapel. He's got a blazer. He's got an ascot followed by a tuxedo shirt, followed by what looks like a vest or a double-breasted suit. So he's in 2,400 layers here. <laughs> and Macho is not in his typical motorcycle jacket-esque mm-hmm. frilly thing. He's in... Something that he should have worn in the show at Caesars. It, like he's wearing a tablecloth. What, what is this shirt? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's got like little frillies on the ends with the edges of the sleeves kind of cut askew a little bit. So very toga-esque. Yeah, Maybe it, that was the outfit he was supposed to have for WrestleMania. It just didn't come in. It's finally <laughs> here. I've been waiting for it for six weeks. It's got a picture of himself on it. So it's like, that's my shirt. The big macho man. Yeah, <laughs> I don't see your name on it. What are you talking about? It's got the name on it. My name's all over it. It's got me. Names in the back. It's got my face. They shoot a shot of the audience and there's very little yellow and red and not too many foam fingers. Not a lot of Hulkamaniacs anymore. I think it's finally starting to wane. Well, I mean, (laughs) what have we seen? We've seen him at Raw. Mm -hmm. Quite possibly the same Raw, because they saw him two weeks on a Raw. Maybe the same one taped. Yeah. I don't know. You saw him wrestle, kind of, in a tag team match. Wrestle for ten and a half seconds to win the championship. (laughs) And that's it since... January. Yeah, for the entire year of 1993, correct. Yeah, so for the last six months, you've seen him possibly four times. Yeah. He's on the Brock Lesnar five years ago program. Yeah, right. They hyped the other matches that weren't covered in the opening crawl. They have both title matches, the Intercontinental and the World title matches. Mm -hmm. They hyped the Too Many Dicks on the Dance Floor match. Too Many Dicks! (laughs) 
here's my theory. You got to build up Brett. And Brett decides, I'm going to work with people I know I can have good matches with and have good matches with. Yes. I thought that same exact thing, too, because I was trying to figure, you know, if this had gone the other way. And I don't see Hitman versus Hughes Mm -mm. being a good match. Hitman Duggan. (laughs) Yeah, or Hitman Duggan or, or any of those being a good match. So I don't know if he had the sway to kind of pick this. Mm-hmm. A little bit, but definitely it allowed him to have some of the better matches, which is what made this a pretty good pay-per-view in my eyes. Yes, because he's fighting Razor, and he's fighting Perfect, and you can't have a bad match of Perfect. And he's no. had classic matches of Perfect, so yeah. can't go wrong there. Mm-hmm. And Bam Bam's a good wrestler, despite being enormous. Yeah, I have not watched the Bam Bam job yet since we're only doing the first half for tonight, but I'm going to say that that's going to be a pretty good one, too. So, so far, the two that I've seen were pretty phenomenal. Yes. Out comes Razor, and he's magically delicious. The magically delicious! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, heavens. (laughs) He's ready for St. Paddy's Day. He's literally in emerald green with gold. Yeah, this is not a a look that I have ever remember him being in before nor after. No. I don't ever remember the green and yellow. You know, I remember the black and yellow. He's got the red and the yellow. He's got the yellow and the red because, you know, we commented on how he was a Hulkamaniac there for a while. But I don't ever remember the, the green and yellow. So he doesn't he doesn't really brand himself with a specific color like, say, like Hitman does or Hulk does. His thing is the outfit itself. It's the yeah. vest and the tights and the thing. And what they look like, like the colors of them can change. They've been teaching the younger wrestlers to do that. Like every so often, switch up your gear. So they make another reaction figure of you and you get more royalties. Uh. <laughs> pro, pro tip. Uh, wrestling hack right wrestling there. Wrestling hack. Get a new tattoo, they have to make a new action figure. And, you know, yeah, I know. Tattoos are cool. Razor comes out, of course, to the one, two, three chance. Yeah, they won't, uh, won't get all nuts. They just keep on. They just, the whole <laughs> audience is on Razor's dick about losing to Sean Waltman. Uh, it's okay. It's okay. He'll, they'll get over it. When Brett comes out, they say he's noticeably favoring his ankle on the way to the ring coming off some type of ankle injury in a match against champion of yesteryear Bob Backlund so just just for fun I had to come up with this one Bob Backlund here I gave that Bret Hart a good who's what and a what for don't mess with the whippersnap of the likes of me or your ankle biting will bite your ankle <laughs> Yeah, the podcast JR is recalling, he said he had a legit ankle injury. I was looking yes. for it because he said that. I thought they were going to use it a little bit more as a storytelling thing, and you don't really see it in these first two matches. No, they start playing up the fingers in the mm-hmm. second one a little bit because he gets them taped up because maybe something must have happened in this when Razor was stomping on his hands. But yeah, it all becomes sort of this like the bruised and battered Bret Hart goes against the shiny new wrestler <laughs> yeah, and beats the odds type thing. Bret Hart comes in and once again signals to the audience that he got the wrong hoagie ingredients when he ordered it from Wawa. He's like, hey! <laughs> oh, he's got his, his hands out. Like, hey, oh, yes. You messed it up. I like, ordered the pickles. Come like, on. <laughs> Where are my pickles? What's your move going to be when you come out? It's going to be, come on. Come, <laughs> come on. on. Yes, I love that. A lot of good going back and forth here. I noticed they did a very typical technical match here where it was like fast, 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 fast move, fast move, fast move, rest hold. Mm -hmm. All right. Hold the rest hold, whether it was a a headlock or chin lock rather, or an arm lock or anything like that. They would go through a couple of really quick moves and then right back to a rest hold on this, which, you know, I uh, honestly, they would have to do considering how fast they went through this, but a lot of really cool moments in this match that just kind of set it up in Brett's favor, making Razor look like such the heel that he was. And, you know, fighting back from that, Brett gets thrown into the post. Razor's kicking his ass on the outside, using the ring apron and and all that stuff. And it makes it seem like Razor's really playing to his own strengths. So how would Brett be able to overcome this? 
Yes. Razor actually gets the upper hand first. They didn't do that thing where the good guy gets some shots in first. He mm. eventually does overcome it, but Razor's 100 feet tall. Yeah. Razor finally looks big. That's what I was saying. Like, they were really playing to his size and his power. And, you know, next to Bret Hart, he, he does look a lot bigger. He does, yeah. Like, Razor, unfortunately, was always hanging around, like, super-duper big guys. So he never looked as big as he was. Billy Gunn is like that. Apparently, if you're ever in the vicinity of Billy Gunn, you're like, Holy shit, is this yeah. guy humongous? He's a, but, he's a gigantic dude. But he never seems to look like it on TV. I guess this razor is always very slender. So he yeah. didn't always have that like that big Hulk Hogan kind of like big and wide presence. Exactly. That he has. Well, when they put him next to like Diesel and Hulk Hogan, when they formed the NWO, he was the tiny guy. Yeah, he's the smallest <laughs> guy. And he's like 6'8 or something yeah, ridiculous. Exactly. But, but they do the thing where Hart gets ahead and then, then gets beaten down. And then Hart comes back and... Razor cuts that off, and mm-hmm. then it starts going back and forth. You don't know who's going to win. The moves of Doom are kind of interrupted. Super duper smart, because we're going to get as far as the first two heart matches. You don't get the sharpshooter in either one of them. No. Like, they save his finisher. If you're going to see this guy for three matches, he can't do the same moves every single time, and you can't have, like, three sharpshooters. Yeah. So they did a really good job of saving his biggest move. We'll find out if it's the end. Yeah. Seeing the Bam Bam Stay tuned next week. Tune in next episode when you'll hear Bret Hart say, God damn it, (laughs) they ruined my match. Bam Bam was winded, and I didn't get my shit in. Damn it. (laughs) What a great match. Oh, yeah, really, really cool. I would say that the crowd was really into this first match, too. A lot of hype around all the different moves when Brett would come back for a little bit. And he really got the crowd going in this. You could see him in the background. Right now, I'm watching a section where Brett's coming back and just the crowd is so into it. We have seen a year of pay-per-views plus this. Mm -hmm. So we've seen SummerSlam. We've seen Survivor Series. We've seen Royal Rumble. We've seen Mm -hmm. WrestleMania. And we've seen this. Yes. Is this the best wrestling pay-per-view we've seen? Probably. You know what? I would have to go back and look at SummerSlam. Because I would say the only thing that might come close to it is SummerSlam. The ultimate maniacs. Yeah. <laughs> LOD drunk. Well, that, but that was still a good match. I was expecting that to be a horrible match because we knew he was out. He was wasted out of his mind. And it was still a good match. So, tripping balls. The yeah, whole tri- yeah, exactly. But I still thought it was a good match, man. There were some good matches in that SummerSlam. The one thing that makes this such a good pay-per-view is because there is so much Bret Hart yeah. in it. Yeah. And 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 they put him against people that could go. And I'm sure he did a lot of like the calling on these matches too. Maybe like him and Perfect kind of went back and forth, but he probably did most of the calling for the Razor match. He most definitely did most of the calling for the for the Bam Bam match. Mhm. So, you know, Every pay-per-view is going to have a couple of bad ones because I can't imagine the the Hogan Yoko match is going to be any good. The um, <laughs> no. Duggan Bigelow match was not great. <laughs> no, Bigelow tries to save it and he kind of tries to pull the nose up. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, if you have a pay-per-view where two of your matches are going to have Mr. Perfect, Mr. Fabulous, you got three heart matches. One of them is one with Perfect. Mm-hmm. You're going to have a Shawn Michaels match on a pay-per-view. Yes. Probably going to be good. I wish I saw Shango Owen Hart. Mm, yeah. Because we had just seen Shango Brett. It would have been cool if we actually got to see Shango Owen. Yeah. How does Brett Hart run into the turnbuckle the way he does and not destroy his sternum? Yeah, and not like completely crush his ribcage? <laughs> yeah. I have no idea because that one looked brutal. Yeah. That looked absolutely brutal. You can take a turnbuckle. The only person I ever saw do it better was Owen. Mm-hmm. But he didn't do it as much. Yeah. That and running into the post, too, with his shoulder. Razor, he's getting punched, and he's not really getting punched, but he looks like he's getting, he sells so well. Yeah. Like, I never really appreciated Razor Ramones as a wrestler until, like, lately. I was like, well, yeah. this guy was awesome. He just made everybody look so good. Yep. And he didn't care. As long as he got paid, he's like, I don't care if I'm champion. Just badly who cares. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Like, we, we made that realization that he was never world like, champ. a world champ. But a cool little finish to this one because it's one of those, oh, you got me moments coming off the top rope there and just kind of rolling through and and getting the one, two, three on Razor just gets behind him again. And, you know, of course, Razor's all pissed. So it works out to both their advantages. So Razor just like kicks his ass. 
The commentators are trying to tell two stories at once. They're telling this one, but they keep on talking about the one, two, three kid a lot of the match. Mm-hmm. And you got three people doing three totally different things. Macho is just saying random shit whenever it kind of occurs to him. Yeah. What a great match. Well, this is when you really see like how bad Macho was. Because you don't really notice on like the Saturday morning Mm-mm. because you got Vince there. And like the only thing that's holding the two of them together is probably the king. But when you put Jim Ross, who was just like one of the best. Like I love hearing Jim Ross's early commentating just because he knows like all the moves he knows all the technical names for everything and he could spit them out like nobody's business and then you got bobby the brain like who's the ultimate color guy up there just spewing out line after line is awesome and then macho just seems lost macho's lost jim ross is telling you everything you're seeing yes which they didn't really appreciate apparently they're like we already can see it tell the story I love Ross's commentary. <laughs> Why does Jim Ross have everybody's report card from college? <laughs> well, he knows where they all played football. He knows every college they attended, and he had a 3.8 GPA. Like, <laughs> and why are we saying that about Lex Luger? Let me pull up his transcript here. <laughs> they do. He made the dean list four semesters in a row. <laughs> Took six APs in high school. Got him through a year of college. Yeah. And the brain finally turns to me like, who gives a shit? <laughs> the match is over and we go to superstars. Yeah. Represent. How about that? Hit <laughs> us where we did. We have Mr. Hughes. He grabs an urn while mm-hmm. Giant Gonzalez is uh, pretending to be strangled in the corner. And Undertaker is beating up Captain Bush. Mr. Hughes clobbers the Undertaker with the urn, mm-hmm. which I saw last time, but I don't think we talked about on the show. He hits the Undertaker with the urn and it falls out onto the ground. Mm-hmm. Harvey Whippleman has to bail out of the ring to go pick it up so Hughes can just keep on beating The Undertaker with it. <laughs> yeah. They talk about it. The Undertaker doesn't get up. And yeah. were they writing him off of this pay-per-view that way? Or were they trying to make Hughes a threat going into this? I don't know if they were necessarily writing him off, but it does make a good excuse for him not to be on the pay-per-view. But he wasn't scheduled for a match anyway. There was no storyline for Undertaker leading up to this besides the Giant Gonzalez. And they were going to put him against Giant Gonzalez in another pay-per-view when it was like back-to-back like that. They didn't do that. 17 minutes, 5 seconds in. Mr. Hughes is glossy. He should send that to all his agents. (laughs) It's Hughes holding an urn with the We The Ones finger up. Yes, I did see that. (laughs) I was like, yes. He's got the the urn in one hand. He's got the We The Ones in the other with Harvey Whippleman. He's up to, like, Hughes' shoulder. He's not next to Gonzalez anymore. He doesn't look like a tiny kid. (laughs) I love that shot. (laughs) It's the best. We The Ones, man. Me and my urn. Here's something unfortunate. We got Hughes in the ring. So we don't have to watch him come in. We're doing that thing in the pay-per-views where the bad guys are already in the ring. Yep, yep. Mr. Perfect. Mr. Fabulous. He's going to come in. Two funny things about the entrance. He throws the towel onto Hughes. <laughs> onto Hughes' shoulder. Perfectly onto Hughes' shoulder like it was meant to be there. I love that. That was awesome. And Hughes just looks down like, what do I do now? (laughs) (laughs) That's one of the greatest things. And he throws it like behind his back too when it lands. That's awesome. You couldn't have planned that better. So we have just loved Mr. Hughes lately on Saturday Morning Superstars where Hughes comes Mm -hmm. out as an absolute badass destroying red tights who don't fight it back. Mm -hmm. Hughes can't wrestle. No. We found out. This is horrible. This is a pretty bad match. Perfect tries to make it look as good as possible. Like, Perfect sells big time. He was doing, like, Shawn Michaels cartoon jumping around (laughs) for this guy to try him look, like, really, really powerful. Yeah, like, Perfect's music was not his traditional entrance, like the theme from Exodus. It was... (laughs) It's like the Shawn Michaels-Hulk Hogan match. That's how bouncy he had to get for Hughes. But Hughes' timing is terrible. He's not ready for anything. He can't really move as fast as Perfect. No, he could not move. He was trying to do, like, a... I don't know if he was trying to do, but it seemed like he was trying to do, like, a slow and methodical. Mm -hmm. Because that's, like, his quote-unquote style. 
yes. of wrestling, but it just did not. It didn't flow with you know the fast paced nature of, of Perfect. There was a couple of spots where it was like going back and forth across the ropes, and I didn't think their timing was right there. No, Perfect trying to do a leapfrog, and he almost didn't make it. We got the power start to the match. We have Hughes trying to get down low enough so they could do a leapfrog. Hughes does not get off the ropes fast enough. They have to like basically stop whatever they were doing or trying to do. Yeah. Which is a real shame. And then Perfect just gives up. He's like, look, you just brawl. I'll bounce <laughs> around for a bit. You give me a headbutt and I'll cartoonishly. Yeah, I'll b- bounce off the ropes and come back with a half-hearted punch and make it look like it kind of hits you a bit. There wasn't really too much good about this match. I will say Heenan had a joke a little bit later of Brett being the 14th of 13th children. <laughs> <laughs> if you didn't catch it, it went by really fast. But I like went back and I was like, oh, that's a good one. It's the 14th of 13 children. <laughs> we have been privileged to have an artist on the Saturday morning broadcast yes. team. Because the magistrate. Yes. Excellent. Yes. The brain scan. Not so good. Holy shit. (laughs) (laughs) I have no idea what he was going for on that. I don't know what he's drawing. That was one of Brain's jokes that just fell so flat. I was like, I have no idea what you're drawing. I don't know what you're trying to get across on this brain scan. Yeah, he draws a bat and a foul ball, but the bat looks just like a giant cock in front of Perfect's face. (laughs) This is something about the gum slap that Perfect does, but it was like landing in foul territory. Like, it didn't make any sense. No, it wasn't funny. It wasn't well drawn. No. Two thumbs down, brain. No no more brain scan. Go 22 minutes, 22 seconds in. Perfect. And okay. watch Mr. Perfect. Mr. Fabulous. Being thrown into the turnbuckle. Watch what he does for this thing. Okay. All right, here comes 2216. <laughs> My favorite part of this was when Hughes crotches himself yes. over the rope. Did you see the face that he made? Yeah, it's like, oh... <laughs> he had this face that like said to me like oh my bone <laughs> yeah <laughs> he had the oh my bone face oh poor Hughes yeah I've never seen this at a pay-per-view where we get the Saturday morning superstars picture in picture during a pay-per-view match yeah so they put up Bret Hart on the screen there to ask his opinion of who he might like to see in the second round since he is in fact going on at this point and it kind of stirs things up a little bit, which I thought was was interesting because Brett says basically they both have their strong qualities, whereas like Hughes is like big and powerful, but Perfect is more of like an endurance guy and he's a wrestler. And if Brett had his way, he would like to go the endurance route and have more of a wrestling match and less of a brawling match. And this comes up later when they meet with Gene. Yeah, and Hart is putting perfect over he's like like yeah. you got this brawly guy you got this technical guy i want to face mr perfect mr fabulous because he's a technical wrestler and mean mm-hmm. gene is such a shit stirrer oh my god he went after him and he's like why do you think you can beat perfect easier than you could beat mr hughes he's like no i'm saying i'd rather play <laughs> perfect because i like him he's a good guy yeah like his style yeah you say he's not big enough he's not strong enough yeah he's like <laughs> Didn't you say that your dad could beat up his dad? Yeah, that was a weird segue <laughs> in that whole thing. It's like, my dad was a fan of wrestler that your dad was. What the hell was that? And the heart's like, I don't know. Yeah. What, what are you talking about? Perfect, man. I was, I was saying you're great. He's like, fuck you, Hart. But it also, it's it set up like perfect to be more of what perfect is, which is a, a natural heel. Yes. In all this. Because I noticed, like, not to jump ahead or anything, but... As soon as, like, we had that interview and you start to see, like, these heelish qualities come out of Perfect. And then when the match goes on, like, he starts doing all these heelish things in the match. I don't want to jump ahead because we're not quite there yet, but that was an interesting way to, like, set up that dynamic for that match. You're the manager of Mr. Hughes. Mr. Hughes has to win three matches to become king of the ring because that's the ultimate goal. So you're going to give Mr. Hughes a foreign object so he'll get disqualified. Harvey Whippleman, what the frig? Does Whippleman give him there or does he just, I just thought it was like there in the corner. No, Whippleman gives it to him in the corner. Oh, Whippleman gave it to him. Oh, see, well, Whippleman's an ass. (laughs) Whippleman is not a smart manager. Right in front of Earl Hevner. He hits him with the thing. Yeah. If you're going to cheat with Earl Hevner, you have to put perfect in the sharpshooter. 
Mm-hmm. And then Hefner will just automatically ring a bell. <laughs> That's how it works. Yes. I'm trying to figure, you know, with the endings of these matches, I can't see another way of ending these matches. Because if you want Perfect to go on, but Hughes is relatively new. Right. So you don't necessarily want Perfect to beat him clean. Mm -hmm. So there's got to be some kind of disqualification there. The same thing with the Luger-Tatanka match in a little bit here. Both of them are undefeated. We don't want to hurt either of them. So what do we do? Well, we go to count out for that. That one at least makes some story sense. You want Brett's ultimate opponent to get in easy, where he didn't have to do as much as Brett did to get in there, and sure. he's fresh and Brett isn't. Story-wise, you want to keep those guys undefeated, so it's perfect. Yeah. Keep those guys undefeated, Bam Bam gets to walk right in. Yeah, yeah, that made a lot of sense. Phenomenal. This yeah. one, why even have Hughes in the match? Go ahead. You have someone that perfect can beat. You're putting friggin' Hacksaw Jim Duggan in this thing. Yeah. He it's, seems like the odd man out because most of these guys are fairly new mm-hmm. to the business. So it's a lot of new blood in this thing. And then Hacksaw from years past is also in this, which doesn't doesn't necessarily make sense. Maybe put Doink in that first. Have Hacksaw do a qualifier and have Doink go over. Yeah. Then you got Doink and Bam Bam or something. I don't know. Doink and Tatanka or... However you want to do that. Well, perfect moves on. And Mm -hmm. we have some pre-recorded comments coming up from a Sony boombox. (laughs) (laughs) Sony boombox. Blasting that Japanese music, man. (laughs) You know what? I didn't make that connection. Of course, it's a Sony. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. I see what they did there. Of course. Yeah. It's, it's brand perfect. The Japanese flag behind Yokozuna is so new, it's still folded up, wrinkled. <laughs> it's still got the folds in it, yeah. It's still got the, they just, they just unwrapped the thing. Yeah, you couldn't run an iron over that sucker. Do you think Fuji's like, all right, look, if I got to walk around with him and really take care of him, because apparently Fuji did everything, including wipe his ass. Yeah. He's like, Oof. I'm not wearing the tux anymore. <laughs> I want real comfortable clothes. You got yes. it, Fuji. No problem. Here's your robe. Here's your kimono. Yes. <laughs> the one problem I had with this promo here, because it's just like every other promo where Fuji's like saying that the match against Hulk Hogan wasn't fair, but he says that he and Brett had a 20-minute match oh, it gets at WrestleMania. <laughs> you wonder how, how long that match was? It was like eight minutes or six minutes. Eight minutes and 56 seconds. (laughs) That was something the dirt sheets kept on complaining about the exaggeration, just kept on getting bigger and bigger. Oh, yeah. An eight-minute match was called a 20-minute match, and by the end, Bobby the Brain was calling it a 35-minute match. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's he's 550 pounds now. He went 20 minutes with Bret Hart, Mm -hmm. and then Hogan comes and steals the belt. Yes. Yeah, whatever. Here's what I thought was interesting, because I thought this happened much, much later. You have English-speaking Yokozuna. He cuts a English promo where he says, Hulk Hogan, American hero, you and America will go down. Yes. Instead of just staring at the thing or going, whoosh. Whoosh. No, no more yoosh mm-hmm. from him. He's got, he's got words now. Yes. Well, straight off of King Daka, off of the Jersey Turnpike, we have Bam Bam Bigelow. Yep. Bam, bam. Yeah, they open the shot, unfortunately, with him, like, with his eyes, like, really glued shut. Like, he has a headache. If you go 26 minutes, 47 seconds in, he looks like he's just crying. He's yeah. <laughs> Poor Bam Bam. I feel bad for Bam Bam now. He's like, in mid-sneeze, they catch him as he comes out of the ring. Bam Bam's like a big teddy bear. Bam Bam can bounce around. This dude, for enormous as he is, this is actually what you kind of want. Yokozuna to be gigantic mm. but also able to move. Bam Bam's super able to move. Bam Bam needs one of those, like the razor on the stick thing for his yes. neck. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was wearing a scarf. There's a lot going on in the back of his head there. There is. We get Bam Bam out in the ring, and then here comes Duggan down the aisle making this all about USA. Mm-hmm. Where's Bam Bam from? Jersey. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And Bam Bam's, Bam Bam's supposed to be playing the heel here and getting pissed because of the USA chance. Yeah, he's like, USA. He's like, I'm from Jersey. <laughs> Damn it. That doesn't count. No. Then we get Hacksaw picking up the uh, two by four, using it as a gun and pointing it at Bam Bam saying, you're dead. Wrong weapon against someone from Jersey. What you do is you put a gasoline pump in there. 
Ah. They have no idea what to do. <laughs> they don't know what to do. Yeah, that makes sense. Run away. <laughs> <laughs> we don't pump our own gas in Jersey. No, that doesn't happen. What amazed me about this is the act. It's Hacksaw comes in, waves the flag around. He points his two by four as a gun, takes a couple shots. Mm-hmm. He puts the thing down, starts a USA chant. Yeah. He's like a comedian with the same act for 50 years. Yeah. It's all hype. It's all big showmanship. You know, there's not a lot of real wrestling here. It's just a lot of, you know, big hits and a lot of big mugging to the crowd. Lots of mugging. When they Lots. do the two big guys collide mm-hmm. and Hacksaw, like, just puts his hands on his yeah. hips and... And puffs his chest out like Superman. Brings the thumb up after he knocks Bam Bam down after running into the ropes. And just like thumbs all around the ring. USA, you know. That's his whole purpose. Is just keeping the crowd into this. I remember Bruce Pritchard saying he really wished Hacksaw didn't come up with this act because he never deviated from it, never grew from it. Because apparently mm. Hacksaw Jim Duggan in the territories was like a Dr. Death Steve Williams badass yeah. character. Then he turned into this flag cartoon guy and stuck with it. Yeah, I guess that's what we remember him for, but he never did anything beyond there was it. A, there was a picture that came up on my Facebook not too long ago where I guess he was in a three-man tag with, it was him, Ted DiBiase, and Matt Bourne. Wow. I thought that was kind of interesting. I never knew that. Like, they, the three of them were like a thing for a while. Bam Bam tries his best to make this a good match and flies off the top rope with his headbutt. Puts an end to Hacksaw. Early night yes. for him. Bam Bam's accidentally athletic, right? Like, they're just so good that everything just looks like it's easy. Like, Randy Orton, everything looks super easy and smooth. Mm. Mr. Perfect. Mr. Fabulous. Can throw a towel on a guy without even looking. <laughs> Bam Bam jumps off the top rope with his flying headbutt. Hacksaw reacts by like throwing his legs up because of the impact and sure. Bam Bam just scoops the leg for the pin. Just in one big old move. Easy. Like he doesn't even yeah. look at it. Makes everything look super easy. Super easy. Barely an inconvenient. One fell swoop. Like he's a cruiserweight that's 500 pounds. <laughs> it's, like, it's really. He's a mover. He well, is. Well that was his whole thing when he first came in even in the late 80s. Big men were always slow and just plodding because they could hit you with their giant hand and it would knock you over Mm -hmm. but uh bam bam was different because he could move so quick would you love to see bam bam bigelow take him out of time pull him from 1993 and have him fight keith lee oh yeah oh yeah bam bam versus keith lee oh yeah bam bam lee and joe in a three-way Mm-hmm. i love it yeah that would be good i would have loved to see that it's terry taylor everybody hey look it's the red rooster not doing a great job at being a commentator no yes he is together with our Babyface, four-way tag team people, the Smoking Guns. And the Steiners there, trying to give them a little speak on the microphone. Starting out with Billy Gunn, who does a decent job, and then they turn it over to the Steiners, and it just goes downhill from there. Okay, Bart Gunn, (laughs) (laughs) you have 2,085 (laughs) days left to live. That's going to be the new bit. Every time we see Bart Gunn on here, how many days left of Bart Gunn? (laughs) Bart Gunn Butterbean Countdown. Oh, it's coming. We might not get there for another 20 years, but it's coming. Pretty good. It's the only reason I want to do this like as a video show, just so I can have a cutaway of Butterbean eating popcorn with a a counter behind his back. Just like two fingers to his eyes back and forth to the camera. It's coming, though. Just you wait. Unfortunately, they have all four of these guys speak. Yeah. And then don't go to the match. No, the match is later in the night. They end with Rick Steiner at the end, who just goes off the deep end with his dog pound comments. Yeah, Terry Taylor cuts him off. So somebody's screaming in the Red Rooster's ear, just get him off. (laughs) Cut him off. Get him out. The Oscar orchestra shows up and starts playing music. (laughs) Playing him off like they did with Lex. This this giant cartoon hook from the outside comes over. Now we know why Scott went solo. Indeed. Entering back into the atmosphere (laughs) is the narcissist Lex Luger for our next and final match of the quarterfinals of the King of the Ring against Tatanka. 
Yeah, he looks exactly like Superman's ship from Krypton. (laughs) (laughs) Narcissist the narcissist is on his way. They have the better mirror out, the prop mirror. They finally got it out of storage. Because remember we had that flea market mirror? Yes, the little tiny circular uh, oval, rather, mirror. Yeah, this thing didn't get on the truck for superstars, but it's back. Yes. And I just cut together the episode from two superstars ago, and you have Macho talking about they should make him wear a safety pad. They need to put a pad on him. Mm-hmm. And then the next week we didn't have a Lex match. But sure enough, the decision has been made to give Lex Luger an arm prophylactic. Yes, an arm condom goes <laughs> on. And they're saying this is not something that's coming down from Tani. Or from Sergeant Slaughter, who's apparently still the commissioner at this point, although we haven't seen him for months. This has not come down from either of them. This is specifically from the referees. Yeah, they have two of them there. They got Howard Finkel and some dude with a mullet. Yeah, which we will never see again. (laughs) Well, mullets abound in 1993. But this little kid really wants him to wear an armband, and Lex is pissy about it. And apparently they're going to disqualify him if they don't. The thing comes on to explain what you're seeing. And then the match starts, but the mirror's still in the ring. (laughs) Technically, the match doesn't start. Tatanka comes down, and he's coming in the ring to do his little dance around the ring as he normally does. But Luger attacks him Mm -hmm. because he's so pissed that he has to wear this arm condom. So that begins the match, and the, and the mirror is still there. So after he attacks Tatanka and drops him out of the ring, he goes back to pose in front of the mirror, and then Tatanka comes back and like pushes the mirror into him. And I guess the mirror is supposed to be on top of Lex because mm-hmm. he starts to go off to the side, and you see Lex like start to crawl back under, under it, it yeah. as well. It's like, let me help you here. I'm going to sell the illusion. <laughs> that was not well choreographed. Because you see him literally, like, try and get further under the the mirror. Worst intern job of the World Wrestling Federation that night. Mirror cleaner. (laughs) Because there's so much oil, spray tan. Yes! suntan lotion whatever like there is literally a a, a lex luger cutout (laughs) you can see it after it falls on top of him (laughs) you you can see all the oil that comes off on the mirror it's kind of disgusting this lex goo lex goo is everywhere (laughs) yes his narcissism has just kind of gone nuts Oozed all over it. Yeah. Yeah, he's... He's he's oozing with the machismo that Razor thought he had. But yes, very oily is him. And then Tatanka tries to chop him out of the ring and fails miserably the first couple of times until Lex can finally get over. They do say earlier on the pay-per-view that there are time limits to each round, and each round gets a larger and larger time limit. 10 minutes for the first round, 30... 15. 15 for the first? 15 for the first round, 30 for the second second round, 60... For the third round. But they make a really big deal out of the time limit in this match. You'd have to be a moron not to see where they're going with this. Because it's like, oh, there's a time limit. They're running out of time. I don't think they had to do that. They could have said when there was one minute left. I could totally see that. But they started like 10 minutes. They basically put the Royal Rumble clock up. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Guess what's going to happen in this match, ladies and gentlemen. They have a picture-picture of Bam Bam Bigelow apparently in Biggie's studio again. (laughs) (laughs) He's in the the sound studio in the back. He's in the sound booth, which is nice. And it looks like they got a mic in his, like a thing in his ear telling him what to say. Because he's got an earpiece in. Yeah. So Vince is like... Here's what you're going to do. It's not even subtle. This earpiece is just enormous. Well, you know, with the way that his head is, you can't miss it. And, of course, they ask him the same questions they asked of Bret Hart earlier, like, who do you want to face in the second round? And, of course, his obvious answer is going to be Tatanka because that's the rivalry that is yes. going on. I'm sure Tatanka would want to face him. Now, Tatanka, just recently, but in real time, probably three months ago. <laughs> was beaten down by Bam Bam and his head was yes. was shaved and cut. Yes, the blood of his ancestors. Can you see where that's happened anywhere on Tatanka? Not anymore. No. It's, his hair has grown fully back. Totally back. <laughs> He's been using keeps. He's got that, that special shampoo that they use on horse hair that makes it grow twice as fast. Did you notice the Hulk Hogan cosplayer in the audience through most of this paper? Oh, yeah. Down on the left side of the hard cam? Yeah. Yeah, he's got the full outfit on. He's the only Hulkamaniac there right now. Yeah. Everybody else is kind of like, yay, Hulk, but he's the Hulkamaniac. People have always bitched about Luger not the best wrestler. 
Mm-hmm. It's not bad. Like, why is everybody on his dick? Yeah, this wasn't a, an awful match. It definitely had its moments. They allowed Tatanka to do his Hulk up mm-hmm. or Tatanka up, whatever you want to call it, from the little Tatankinators out in the audience to hype him up. There was a bunch of near falls in this one, too, that kept you on the edge of your seat, especially as it got to those last few minutes. Luger hit a, hit a backbreaker and took his time before covering Tatanka and Tatanka kicked out a two on that one. And then the bell rings to signal that the 15-minute time limit was up. Brett does two 18-minute matches. So this is like the third longest match of the night that let him yeah. go. And I didn't think it was long. No, I don't know if this was Titan time. I don't know if it was actually 15 minutes. I'm on the Wikipedia. Yeah. And they call it as exactly 15 minutes. I don't know if they're yeah. using phony baloney time. But everything else is odd times. Like... Mm-hmm. Brett Razor was 10.25, Perfect yeah. was 6.02, Bigelow was almost five minutes exactly, it's 4.59. Yeah. Luger, they just topped out at 15 even. I like how they actually did all the really quick, fast finishes mm-hmm. as time was running out. Like the commentators are saying, hey, the end is near, and they start doing all these false finishes, and you think they're yeah. going to be able to sneak in a pin before time runs out. And it doesn't. And then swerve. Lex Luger is like, I want five more minutes. And, <laughs> and the crowd's like cheering him. Like, yeah. like, yeah, let's have another five minutes of that. That was good. And they're like, no. No. Nope. <laughs> nope. I'm just going to take off my, my arm condom and nail you over the head with my bionic arm. Yes. Yeah. But the ref is like, you're not getting five more minutes. No, that's the deal. Yeah. And unfortunately, unlike Perfect and Doink, they don't get two more times to try this. Yeah. So uh, it looks like Bam Bam is going to get a bye into the finals. Right. Both of them are eliminated. But we're going to get shit stirrer galore over oh here. Oh my God. What the, what the hell, Gene? Yeah. What an asshole. Well, as I said, this is what Gene wanted, but I think it also set it up. So they needed a reason for this match. They needed a little bit of a story behind this match. And they gave Mr. Perfect the opportunity to use his heel traits. Not just in this promo, but like once the match starts, you see him all over the place too. Yeah, but Gene's like, why'd you want to face perfect? Do you think he'd be easier? He's like, no. No, <laughs> that's not I, what I meant. <laughs> so, like, I think he's great. I really think you're awesome. And Perfect's like, you asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like Perfect's feeding into it, too. Yeah. What was being Gene like in high school? What, was he like starting like little <laughs> fights between the, the boyfriend and the girlfriends? And I betcha. Yeah, that was that was, that was Gene's role. That was Gene's school. role. It'd be the shit stir. I'm sure. I'm sure. Stir it up between... Jenny and Chet. Yeah. <laughs> and you know he's friends with Jenny. Yeah. <laughs> he's like causing the fight. He's like, oh, I can't believe Chet. What a jackass. Like, I really wish Chet was more like Eugene. He's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I'll works. be over later to console you. <laughs> That's right. You on deck, piece of shit. <laughs> Boo. How do we know G was actually a heel? Gene <laughs> was totally a heel. Yeah. Losing a, a lot of faith in Gene. Yes. They show the scepter. This thing looks badass. This thing looks like it's straight out of the Thunderdome. Welcome to another edition of Thunderdome! <laughs> they put this in a room, close the door, and see who comes out kind yeah. of thing. It's like a mace. And the ugliest crown on the man. This thing's hideous. Yeah, that was it was like this brown piece of shit. It was like <laughs> one of the kick I think King had a crown that looked like that. Yeah. If it think- wasn't the same crown. You got a crown king? He's like, well, first yeah. of all, you're having a king tournament when I'm already the king. I'm insulted. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, now you want to use my shit? You can, you can use my shit crown. <laughs> yeah, here, use my shit crown. This, 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 it's brown. This is my least favorite one. Did Hefner do all of Hart's matches that night? I guess maybe he did. He may have. He may have. Yeah. It's like, this is my, this is my pay-per-view, Earl. I'm going to have three matches. And I want you to be the ref in all three because I trust you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Three years later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> ring the bell. Yeah. Just ring the bell and run. <laughs> You're my guy. Yep. Womp womp. <laughs> yeah. But this is a great match. This heart versus perfect. And you know what? I, I liked it because it wasn't the SummerSlam match. It was no. a totally and they allude different to match. that too. Mm-hmm. Like at the end of the at the end of the promo, Perfect is saying like how he has to get Brett back for SummerSlam '91 when they when they fought. They talk about Brett's taped up fingers in this, so already he's got like a a slight disadvantage. I'm at the interview right now, and the first thing that you see is like Brett kind of rubbing his fingers and making sure that they're okay, and he's like shaking them mm-hmm. out. So like they're really playing up 
how Brett's going to have some kind of disadvantage in this match. Yeah, they got to have Brett like hurt, tired, beat up, had the long road. And, yeah. you know, Bigelow basically just walks in the door because he just had this squash Hogan hacksaw. Yeah. But yes, yeah, a completely different match than the one you had at SummerSlam. There's crazy storytelling. Like at one point, Mr. Perfect Mr. Fabulous. has his legs wrapped around Bret Hart's head. And mm. Perfect is like slamming his hand into his own leg, trying to like beat his leg yeah. into Bret Hart's head. The audience is completely distracted. Something's going on somewhere else and no one's yeah. looking at this match i'm like what the frig is happening <laughs> you guys are missing th- this great a great match yeah but you'll you'll notice like it, throughout the entire match all the little like uh heelish things that perfect will do like he'll throw a couple cheap shots in mm-hmm. here and there my personal favorite one was when he like throws brett out of the ring and then like opens the ropes for brett to come back in and as soon as like Brett's like halfway in, just like attacks him in the, like kicks him in the stomach. Yeah. Like that's such a heel move for him to do. And the brain has to adjust because he starts to match more shit staring. You have Jim Ross going, hey, he lost the Intercontinental title against Bret Hart when you were managing him. And he's, and the best thing that ever happened was him losing you. And the brain starts laying into perfect about how he should never have left him and how he's lost without him and how he's changed his ways into a good guy. And that sucks. Yeah. And then as he starts getting more and more heelish throughout the match, Brain's like, I taught him that. I told yeah. him that he, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's the perfect I remember. Yeah. But here's the thing. He wasn't managing him during SummerSlam. They had the coach, that asshole with the whistle that was just annoying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had already moved Bobby the Brain off the road. He's just strictly commentary. Yeah. He wasn't managing him at that point. And so the Brain's like, it wasn't me. It was the, the fucking coach. Is that <laughs> asshole with the whistle that was just annoying during the whole match he ended up in ecw i think the coach oh my god yeah tell me, tell me he didn't really exist past i just remember the the whistle oh jesus constantly during the matches too the, the worst yeah we do get a good shot of the scepter there brett's coming into the ring there's one point in here where jim ross was very close to calling it a slobber knocker yeah <laughs> but instead he calls it it's warfare everyone <laughs> he was right on the cusp was like you were almost there jim hey gotta come up with something yeah i'm getting i'm getting there i'm getting there yeah. i like how they teased the sharpshooter in this match with a figure four you think he's going for it and he's like well nope and jim actually says like he's going for the sharpshooter but then he turns it around into the figure four yeah, faked out everybody. Macho's like, it's the... Nope, yep. it's the figure four. <laughs> then while they're in the figure four, Perfect's doing the heel thing of sitting up and slapping Brett across the face. Yeah, Hart starts feigning a knee injury, mm. which vanishes. Like, both of them have bad knees or a bad wheel during this match. Yeah. And by the end, both of them forgot they did. <laughs> yeah. Even the commentators have to cover for it. They're like, maybe he's playing possum or <laughs> he got better. Yes, they've magically cured. Yeah. Another heel thing that Perfect did was he starts stomping on Brett's fingers. Yeah. And then and that's another one. Like, Heenan started egging him on. Like, you know, brags about Perfect remembering that he taught him how to do that as a manager. The match ends, you know, with everything A-OK between the two of them. But it's just like everything that he did in this match would lead me to believe, you know, that he was going to go heel again. One thing from the SummerSlam match is Perfect's bad wheel and Bret Hart just keeps on kicking at his knee over and over and over again. And that was his setup for the sharpshooter in the SummerSlam match. Perfect does one of his signature moves of tying up his hands into the guy's hair and then flipping Mm -hmm. him. But he says something to Bret while he's doing it, and it's very obvious. It's like one of the few times I saw them really obviously call something. They Mm -hmm. grab his hair and like Perfect whispers into his ear. Yeah. I'm going to flip you? I mean, what's he saying? Like, we, they know this move. Yeah. And then recover? Or I, I don't know what he's telling him. He definitely says something. Yeah. Uh, don't reverse this. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> this, it's weird because their rest holds don't look like rest holds because they keep on moving during the rest holds. Oh, yeah. Brett has Perfect in a headlock on the ground, but then Perfect kind of doesn't really counter it, but he grabs Brett's head at the same time, and so they're both wrenching in opposite directions, and it looks like painful to both of them. So, yeah, if you want to consider that a rest hold, they were still moving. Yeah, I'm watching a sleeper hold that Perfect has on Brett, and he's flailing around and moving around, and then Perfect's trying to get his feet on the ropes for leverage, and then Brett's dying down and dying out. So even things that should be boring aren't in this match. 
yeah getting out of it in a weird way which is like throwing perfect into the turnbuckle <laughs> knocking yes. him out using the ring against people which was a staple for brett because he was usually the smaller guy mm. so he'd use the inanimate objects to try to take down some of the bigger people but he uses it here with perfect yeah. i really want to go back and see the SummerSlam match and this one back to back they were so good yeah i want to go back because i've never seen the 91 SummerSlam. believe it or not it's better You'll see some similarities, like they do the thing where Brett's throws perfect and perfect inadvertently slides his dick into the ring post. Yeah. Oops. That's a move that's in there. You'll see the softening of the legs is in there. There was more moves of doom in a row in the Razor match, but Brett still starts getting his moves of doom in in this one. Yeah. That's when you know like the match is almost over. When we start to see the moves of doom. Yeah, but it doesn't end with the sharpshooter, which I thought was interesting. Now we end with a small package mm-hmm. in which Perfect rolls him up into one, but then Brett reverses it into his one, two, three count and completely takes Perfect by surprise. Yes. So once again, Bret Hart sneaks by with a wrestling victory. He excellently executes himself into a, a pinning combination without using the sharpshooter. I remember being disappointed while I was watching this. This took me back. This is my flashback memory of watching this 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. The fact that I wasn't seeing the sharpshooter. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Where the f*** is the sharpshooter? <laughs> I two Bret Hart matches and I didn't get to see the sharpshooter. It's like, did I really go to the concert and not hear Freebird? This sucks. Uh. <laughs> like, how dare you? Yeah. <laughs> but hey, you got perfect coming back into the ring saying, hey, I'm still a good guy. Yeah. Let's shake. Good match. And they, they're like uh, low five. They hug it out and they go to the prom and live happily ever after. Yes. <laughs> For reasons beyond any comprehension, an hour, 20 minutes and two seconds in here as perfect is contemplating whether or not you should shake somebody's hand. We got a, a white child dressed as Tatanka with his hair oh, no. dyed red. And above him, the father is holding this girl in what can only be considered a strawberry shortcake outfit, like Simba. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> what's going on? No, I'm beginning to think... Did you see Space Jam 2 with LeBron James? I, I did, but I've tried to block it out mm-hmm. of my mind. Well, remember when they have like all, they cut out or they rotoscoped all the Warner Brothers characters into the uh, film as crowd people. So you're like, hey, there's Batman. But they're yeah. not reacting to the show. They just cut out Danny DeVito's penguin and just put him in the thing. Yeah, He's yeah, just yeah. kind of like standing there looking around. That's what this audience is. I don't believe they've watched a goddamn thing. No. They're all looking everywhere else. Yeah, they started very hype, but it did not last through these matches because I feel like they don't understand, as we probably didn't at that point, you know, we didn't really understand what we were watching. Like, we knew it was a good match, but, like, wrestling fans are, like, so much more savvy at, like, you know, what makes a good match anymore. Like, they're more into what the psychology of it is and the technical nature of them, whereas at this point, it was more quick two counts, like, False false finishes. Lots of false finishes. You do that, and then you're good. It's like watching WrestleMania 9, and you had like great matches, and no one's doing anything for them. And then you have Hogan coming out, mugging to the crowd. It's like all showmanship, and everybody's like, yay! Yeah. And I guess I was like, I was a victim, too, because I thought the Ultimate Warrior was like the shit. Yeah. Um, so it's, but it was all, it was more the, like... The storytelling in that it wasn't all about just the the wrestling moves that they would use, but more about what the story they were telling in there. Whereas Mm -hmm. these days, it's more about like telling the story through the moves. We have the final set at this point. We got Bam Bam, who got his buy in, and they have Bret Hart, who's who's earned his way into the finals. The time limit draw took me out of the tournament a little bit because I'm thinking, oh, wait, there's a time limit on the last match here. Mm -hmm. What happens if Brett and Perfect go 30 minutes and there's no winner? Would they just give Bam Bam the crown? And sure enough, they start talking about that in there. Like, yeah, if this goes, Bam Bam's just automatically the winner. Yeah, well, it did go 1855, so it started to make its way there, but not... Not quite. Yeah, they didn't really think that they were at risk, but they're like, yeah, Bam Bam might get it by default because he beat Hacksaw. (laughs) Beat Hacksaw. That'd be hilarious. Yeah. God, I wish they had a King of the Ring tournament like that. It's like a double DQ. Everybody gets disqualified except for one person. (laughs) Yeah, and like someone completely obscure gets to be King of the Ring. Yeah. Totally illegitimately. Yeah. Like Dominic Mysterio becomes (laughs) King of the Ring. 
by happenstance and everybody just shits upon it. Oh, yeah. That'd be the best. Yeah. Hey, Hunter, Dominic Mysterio accidentally <laughs> wins the King of the Ring. I like it. Or they get one of the belts off of a guy and they have it as a Royal Rumble. And it's Dominic Mysterio and somebody who you definitely want to win, like Cody Rhodes. Mm-hmm. And it's for the title. It's another one of those where the Royal Rumble is for the title. And Cody slips on a banana peel. <laughs> Coming down to the ring. And <laughs> yeah. just disqualifies yes. himself. And then Dominic walks out eating the banana. Yeah. And, and, and he happened to be number 30 and no one yes. was left. Exactly. Oh, that'd be great. But we're halfway down. So how are you liking the pay-per-view there, Than? So far, so good, man. This is, as we kind of stated at the beginning of this, but this is one of the, uh, as far as the pay-per-views go, one of the better ones that we have seen thus far uh, in our podcast. You know, I I liken it up there with SummerSlam. I, I don't know which one is necessarily better right now, but uh, this one is certainly better because it has, uh, you know, 50% more Bret Hart. Yes, there is. Yeah, it's maximum strength Bret Hart on this one. Um, The King of the Ring subtitle, Oops All Bret. Yeah. Yeah. But I can see where they're they're going with this because, you know, after the... The beating that he took at, at WrestleMania, not not necessarily physically, uh, mm-hmm. he needed this. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how you go wrong here. You got three Bret Hart matches. You're going to have a Shawn Michaels match. Diesel's showing up. Hogan's going to lose. I mean, yeah. this might be the greatest pay-per-view of all time. <laughs> it's true. I don't yeah. know what tops King of the Ring 93. This might yeah. be it. This, this, might be- this, could be, this could be the best one that we watch. Yeah, it's all downhill from here, Thad. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> all right. Well, for this week, I guess that's it. So, you know, sayonara, Undertaker, who isn't even on the show. Yeah, and Shawn Michaels has not left the building because he hasn't wrestled yet. <laughs>